0: This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Now, a special presentation, reaction and analysis of the debate from the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Doc and Skip along with Jay Severin for commentary and mockery of the first kids table GOP debate with some uh, pre-analysis and mockery of the second main uh, GOP debate. And then, of course, after the debate, we'll be back on the Blaze Radio Network for more commentary and mockery. Uh, Jay Severin, there is no truth to the rumor that George Pataki was seen lurking outside the auditorium just before the kids' table debate trying to get Rand Paul's spot. There's, there's no truth to that rumor. Doc, that was, I understand,
2: one of the chief security concerns this evening. <laughs> uh, that is that Pataki or Gilmore... Walker. Would, uh, attempt to take hostages in lieu of a podium. Uh, you know, I could at see the, it like uh, at all entrances. They've debate. got
3: a printout of the picture of all of them, too. If you see this man, yes, there's like Bolo. a safe <laughs> banana umbrella or something over the loudspeaker. Yeah, yeah. I actually was watching the,
2: uh, I, I'm a, I must admit, I was uh, earlier watching the uh, Golden Globes. Uh, that is to say, <laughs> I was watching the early debate with Trish Reagan as okay, moderator. Yeah. But uh-huh. okay, uh, we'll we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I, uh,
1: I tweeted out a good portion of the first debate, and it was a combination of how boring it was and the four Manhattan's I had had earlier. I I, I took a little nap, and uh, and I'm ready to go now. It was it was a little bit boring. And by that, I'm, I mean there's a lot I'm delighted
2: more. to be able to offer some uh, upside then to that or some yes, offside yes, to that. I thought it was the best of the minority debates that we have seen. And I ironically, there were no minorities. To, well, I, I think it had a lot to do <laughs> with the fact that there were fewer people there. Yeah, I think it had a lot to do with the desperation factor that these uh, three contestants realized. This is the end of the line for them. If they ever expect to do pretty much anything, including a Sunday night, middle of the night talk show on MSNBC, this was their last chance to audition for it, let alone the presidential campaign. But I'll tell you, Mike Huckabee, dubious distinction though it is, has never been better. Carly Fiorina, dubious distinction though it is, even more dubious in her case has never been better, and no distinctions. Rick Santorum tonight, in my professional view, performed as though people ought to be saying, what
3: is he doing at the short pants table? I thought he was great. Well, then, Jay, the big question is, I mean, with these uh, three candidates performing so well, is it too little, too late, or do they have any chance of maybe rising a bit in the polls and uh, making some... Too little, too late.
1: You know, I I thought the same thing. I I tweeted out, too, that uh, so far, the focus of these three, um, they're making really good points. So it was it a lack of time they had before or now they have nothing to lose. So they're actually just throwing it all out there. What is it? Why do do they look so much better? Sorry, I don't want to become the Niagara Falls step by step guy. Mm -hmm. But let's not forget,
2: they had an audience that was so much more enthusiastic for every one of their utterances than the Democrat cabinet members were for Obama during the State (laughs) of the Union on Tuesday night. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right? They got standing ovulations for every single thing they said, no matter who it was or what it was. And as I say, that was distracting because it took camera time away
1: from Trish Regan. (laughs) <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh I, as i watched the three tonight i i tweeted out and asked the question and i'll ask it of you and skip as well jay um the three that were on stage tonight carly fiorina mike huckabee and rick santorum of those three are any three of those any of those three acceptable vice presidential candidates for you Well, I mean, uh, the way the question is is
2: asked, of course, presupposes the grotesque possibility that I would be choosing, meaning (laughs) I would be running for president. Right. So it's the family hour and I don't wish to frighten (laughs) the kids. Uh, Don't worry, kiddies. Uncle Jay's not running for anything ever. So, you know, Uh, but uh, chosen by those who might. I don't rule them out. I mean, again, vice presidential uh, calculus is always an animal of geography, ideology, and demography. And if you need someone to win Pennsylvania, and the Republicans historically do, then you don't Santorum, pick Rick Santorum. Exactly. <laughs> <splendid. laughs> you because know, they know him Santorum, so Santorum, well. in, in theory. If, if, yeah. you need, if you need a woman... Uh, there is Rand Paul. I forgot he, he, he withdrew. <laughs> no, uh, no. Uh, you know, no, you've got you've got Carly Fiorina. Again, you know, ideologically, demographically, geographically, there is always someone. Because look, since nobody's are picked for those positions based on ideology, demography, geography, certainly people is. who are already better known as a result of this broader field this year. Sure, I, I think I think that door is at least in theory, wide open. What about you, Skip? And and, and if... No, I don't think Skip would
1: be. No, <laughs> yeah, no I probably, probably if not. If one of the candidates or a candidate that you were excited about for president uh, picked one of those three, is that a deal killer for you? Or if somebody that you were lukewarm or didn't care about picked one of those three, would that put him over the edge that you would support him then?
2: Um, I don't know. The only the village people don't count. <laughs>
3: Okay. Um, I, I think the only person that I would consider to be a, a decent choice for VP would be Carly, although I, I still agree. have some some concerns about her. Um, picking a Santorum or a Huckabee, um, if my frontrunner, like a Ted Cruz, did that, I don't know if that would necessarily be the nail in the coffin that says, oh, I could not support them now. Would it cast a little shade? It would definitely, uh, definitely bring me some concerns, because then I would question some of Ted's... Uh, um, uh, judgment and uh, mm-hmm. judge of personality. Skip, um, did you think,
2: and and Doc too, hmm? did you think, uh, honest question, did it strike you tonight that Carly was a little tightly wrapped?
1: Yeah, but I kind of liked it. <laughs> I'm serious. I. <laughs> She seemed like she was a little <laughs> pissed off is what she seemed. And I was like, well, and as, as know, it's
3: been the case with each of these debates, she seemed to be more prepared than the previous one. And I think all of them are that they're all getting more experience I, in debating. So I think that's kind of where that's coming much from like to. a Ted Cruz. I like
1: him pissed off. I like Carly Fiorina ticked a off. And, and I vinegar. thought to myself when she was talking about ISIS and, and national defense and security, I thought, you know what? I believe she'd kick a little ass. Did you believe this before? In the last twenty minutes or
2: so, the camera dollied to the shot of her knee-length interlaced leather boots.
1: No, oh, I missed I miss that. Yeah, missed that one.
2: So you better reconsider.
1: Okay, I understand. <laughs> I understand. No, I could. If, if she's there, I think she would be a a formidable opponent for people who seek to do us harm. By us, I mean America. Do you? Sounds uh, do like you you'd want to pay her to do you harm. <laughs> You know, Jay, the way I spend my money is my business. Really no concern (laughs) to you or any of
3: the blade listeners.
1: What about what about you? Do you think Please, she be my a... forgiveness? My I, my, <laughs> beg me, uh, Matador, a thousand pardons. Do you think she would be a, a strong uh, national defense? Um, I do.
3: I do, actually. And if you'd asked me this question um, a year ago, I may have had a different answer. But uh, I've learned over the past year or two that while she was um, a high powered CEO, she actually did get some foreign policy chops. I think she she would be tough Um I don't know if you have uh some people might see a little bit of a, a maybe a Maggie Thatcher in her to some degree, or or at least would hope that she might be able to rise to something of that. But um yeah, I, I don't think she would be horrible at it. I I don't know if that would be her forte necessarily, but um yeah, I think she has more experience and has better chops with that than um than I would have thought previously. About I think you, to Jay? be
2: perfectly fair, <clears throat> she and she's one of the few people in this great Pickwickian You know, this great Dickensian theatrical piece here that I haven't had occasion to meet given what I did for most of my life. I don't know her. I have never met her. But she does strike me as someone who is less intense in a good way, less intense than she now appears. And I think, believe it or not, mark this tape, guys, I think that this is one of the more subtle effects uh, that... that that sexism has on American politics. I think that she feels, as a woman, she has on several occasions had to present herself, you know, to make a point, uh, you know, a real point. They tell her last thing before she goes on stage. Every break, you know, don't forget, kick ass, you know? Mm -hmm. Don't forget, be tough. And, you know, a guy wouldn't have to do that. A, A guy could go out and be tough without being the slightest bit belligerent and i guess what i say when i suspect her of being tightly wrapped she struck me as being a little bit too
1: strong and i wonder if a guy would have to do that i would say in most of the time you're probably right but there are those candidates that are men that you're like okay he's a big puss He's, he's got he's got he's got right. a little butt, too, like a Scott Walker, right. like, that guy's like, like the guy crazy. who wasn't there tonight. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like Rand Paul. Right. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, so Well,
3: I do, I do think has a bit of a point there, too. And I also think that there's a bit of of when a, a female candidate comes out and has to speak tough like this. Sometimes it can just come across as bitchy, which I think is is yes. is a problem, too. And maybe that yeah. is part of the inherent kind of. A bit of a sexist nature of the political nature, but I do I think, think there's a bit to that.
1: I think that just proves was it, your, was it not, not a sexist nature of you of, and Jay that you no. guys are the ones with <laughs> the you know, up. I've transcended.
3: <laughs> all this. Was it not? No, I'm not saying that for line? me personally. I'm just saying that in terms. When Rick <laughs> Santorum was
2: out of time and he said, "I'm, uh, I'm just going to use a little of Ron Paul's, or Rand Paul's <laughs>
1: time here." <laughs> that was really good. That was that was a fun line. That was really good stuff. Um. So we're going to get some calls coming up, 888 900 If you had any uh, comments on the first debate, uh, let's face it, these three will not be president, certainly not this cycle um, or probably ever. But uh, would this help a candidate that you're looking at for president or hurt somebody if they picked him or, or, uh, as a running mate? Want to get your thoughts on that? Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It's eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Or you can tweet at J underscore seven Skip Lacombe or at Doc Thompson Show. What's that, Jay? I think it would help, guys. I think it would help
2: a party. I mean, someone said something today, which really did make me. I'm a partisan, and 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 you know, no secret. You know, you know, great big revelation here. But I, but I thought about this. And whoever it was of the hundreds of people I've been uh, sleeping with, uh, unfortunately, only by virtue of listening to them over the BBC on a a headbutt all night. But uh, all these people I've been listening to, someone said, you know, it does say something about the parties that look at how the Democrats have done everything they could do down through history, down to this moment, and look at all of the best candidates they could put up. You're looking at them. Now, look at the Republicans. Mm. Now, sure, there are are a few nuts in this, you know, initial gang of 35 or whatever it was the Republicans put up. But tonight, guys, we were looking at the three, on paper, documented losers, documented can't-be's. And, you know, if any one of them were in the Democrat primary, they'd look pretty fine.
1: That's true. They'd look pretty competent.
2: I mean, I think the Republicans together, I mean, as a group, seem to be making a statement by saying, okay, we'll see what happens. But, you know, we can put together in an out year here, we can put together 12 to 15 uh, plus pretty good looking candidates. Not all of them winners, but, you know, not Martin O'Malley.
1: So Jay, I, I kept hearing the uh, the pundits on the television talking about the breakout moment. All three of these are looking for their breakout moment, the, the, the breakout line, the thing that you know, gets vaults them to the top of the pack, gets them back on the main stage, all of this and and then afterwards, they said they were all looking for that breakout moment. I'm not sure they got it. I don't think any one line, you know, as far as a, right. a little slam on Hillary or a slam on Rand Paul is going to be a breakout moment. It'll be funny. It'll get you some attention. It'll get you some extra coverage. And it may even win you some votes, but it's not a breakout moment. What is a breakout moment to you? What would somebody have to do to have a breakout moment, Even either on this junior card debate or the one coming up for some of the people that are a little bit lower? What do they have to do or say? I think it comes down to doing or saying something unexpected and different. And p- that probably is leveling with the audience and being honest
2: well let me regret that you asked
1: by offering you
2: three elements of an answer number one one of the big developments today whether or not it will be used by anyone is that there is a deal a reported deal afoot between jeb bush and chris christie to team up tonight join forces And destroy Rubio. Number two, the reason for which is, as you'll recall, we together uh, discussed the night of the State of the Union two nights ago. We discussed this notion, my notion, I'll still lay claim to it, that there is a three-wing Republican Party right now. The three wings are the outsiders, Cruz and Trump, the establishmentarian wing, Mm -hmm. Christie... Bush, Kasich, at all. And then there is Rubio who stands bestride both, who's the sort of gun to the head, final acceptable choice of either. The establishmentarians want to either kill off Rubio and force him into the conservative camp so he's no longer theirs to worry about. They don't want to worry about Rubio competing, chasing the same votes as Bush and Christie and Kasich, or they want to make it impossible for Rubio to run as a, as a conservative and suck him in to the establishmentarian party. I know as cynical as this sounds, believe me, it's true. They, they want to make Rubio decide that tonight's debate The Democrats desperately, I'm sorry, the Republicans desperately want at the end of tonight's debate that there not be a three-wing Republican Party. They want a two-wing Republican Party. They figure there are two tickets out of Iowa, two tickets out of New Hampshire, one for the outsider slash conservative, one for the insider. And the thing that is bollocksing that up is Rubio. The third thing, mercifully briefer, and I can't believe this has not gotten more attention. In a quote last night, which has been nationally reported, Bush, Jeb Bush gave an interview and said, yep. I'm uh, very closely quoting to the point of it being verbatim. You know, I admit, I hadn't realized yep. the nature mm-hmm. of the anger there was out there with voters.
1: What? Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: And he's, he's telling us, he, he's not only realizing this now, he's admitting it? hmm I, I, I don't, I, to me, that's, that's, that's such an astounding statement. I think each of those three elements plays into tonight, but none nearly as important as the fact that as we sit here this evening, gentlemen, we're 40 minutes away from a debate that starts with three wings, and when tonight is over, when we get back together in, in two hours this is going to be a two-wing Republican Party.
3: Uh, Doc, you asked about uh, a breakout moments and if it's possible to have one at this point and what that might take. And my thought on that is that, as opposed to uh, previous years of, of debates and previous cycles... Um, I don't know if it's possible to have a breakout moment just because there are so many debates, so much coverage. I think that the way to run for this has changed. It's become a constant grind. You have to do well in every single debate. And all of that's just kind of, kind of roll together since to start this thing off, we had 17 candidates, hours of debates at a mm-hmm. time, too, with pre, pre-debates and after debates, too. Um... Skip, so you I don't mean as opposed it's to a
2: clever one-liner,
3: right? Exactly. I mean, like when you think back right. to the I, – I mean, you're no Jack uh, uh, Kennedy or whatever, right. too. Right, uh, right. You're exactly. not going to have that type of a breakout Which moment where people way, are – Which, by the way, he lost, too. Oh. Well, <laughs> I mean, Right?
1: You know, that's – yeah.
3: But again, it's one of those that people will remember forever. Mm-hmm. I, don't think you're, I don't think the political system as it stands right now with how many debates there have been, how much coverage there have been on them, how many candidates there have been, that it's even possible to have that one breakout moment that's going to excel you to, to the front of the guys or even really help you out too much. It's going to take a constant grind.
1: That's a good point because you, if you throw Donald Trump out of the mix because he has led the entire way. Complete throw him anomaly. Out, right, just throw him out for a second. Who has done the best? You look at uh, Rubio and Cruz, and where did they start? Pretty far Rubio, down. Yeah. Certainly weren't at the top, and Cruz certainly. And they've just put it together week after week after week and done the slow growth. Yeah,
3: and to that point, what is Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio's breakout moment in the past year?
1: They really haven't had. It's it.
3: been a constant right. slow grind. So I think that the whole system has changed. That I don't think you can have that one um, harpooning uh, uh, a moment anymore. Here's the
2: uh, here's well, the latest that, numbers. That's in, one. Yeah, that's right. one answer. The other answer is like everything else. The stakes are unrecognizable as to what they were four eight years ago. So it could be that there is the equivalent of the Benson-Quayle moment, except that it doesn't look or sound anything like that anymore. For instance, if Rick Santorum had crawled over the stage tonight and tucked a fiver under Trish Reagan's belt, I would have thought that a breakout <laughs> moment,
1: but you know you take your chances with that. Yeah, we are we are two weeks from Monday, the Iowa caucus. That's how close it is. We are the Iowa caucus is two weeks from Monday. The next two weeks are going to be really interesting. But here are the latest numbers out of Iowa. In the lead, Ted Cruz with twenty five percent, Donald Trump twenty two percent, Marco Rubio. 12% and Ben Carson, 11%. Everybody else is 5% or lower. Let me do this again. Ted Cruz, 25, Trump, 22, Marco Rubio, 12, Ben Carson, 11. Now, you know the way Iowa votes usually when it comes to Republicans early on. Who has won it in the past? Rick Santora, Mike Huckabee, these people perceived to be conservative evangelical. and evangelical. Ted Cruz is like that, but Marco Rubio would be a little more like that as well. But here's what I think is the most fascinating one. When you look at their second choice, the second choice, if you can't have your guy, who's your second choice? Ted Cruz still in first place with 23%. So he has 25% first choice, 23% second choice. Donald Trump drops to 11% for a second choice candidate. 22% first choice, 11%. Marco Rubio, a little bit better as a second choice, but still not you. 12 and 16%, first choice versus 16%. Ben Carson, 8% for second choice, so 11 and 8. And everybody else, way down the list. So, Ted Cruz isn't just doing well in Iowa as like, okay, here's your guy. He's also putting those second choice ones together. That's pretty interesting, well, Jay. Here are the keys to that lock. Number one, the Iowa
2: caucus not the iowa primary Primary. right yeah the iowa caucus and among the early states i i'm pretty much sure i don't mean to insult anybody pretty much sure that american voters even our listeners i mean you have your own life to live and earn uh you pay us to know this stuff for you But the difference between a caucus and a primary is profound and in short order a primary is you leave the car running you run into the school you draw the magic you know cone of silence behind you you punch the ballot you throw the lever you go back out you're home it takes 15 minutes if you live in iowa you have to put on three pairs of socks it's probably going to be you know, like the deck of the ship in, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's that? Great, a perfect storm. Opera. It's going to be like the deck of the ship in, in in a perfect storm. You're going to have to put all your clothing on your nor'easter, your sou'wester, all of your socks, your bean boots, your hats, coats, gloves. You're going to have to drive um, maybe forty minutes. To a place where you park and you go in and you're wet and hot and annoyed, and you have to go stand at a table and, and folding chairs that has a stick with someone's name on it, and then everybody in turn gets to stand up and make an argument for their candidate. And people shift throughout the night, and you're there with the, your sister, your brother, your in-laws, your pharmacist, your basketball teacher, everybody. And, and people do shift. And fights have, fist fights have broken out. I mean, oh, God yeah. love democracy. Yep. I mean, people are yelling at each other. I've been to these. People yell at each other. They sneer at each other. They eye roll. They scream. And people have to go to the place where they, this is, guys, this is beautiful. This is art as far as I'm concerned. This is the art of democracy. It's performance art. And I wish we all had to go to a caucus or at least just once, but the question is, if you're ahead in a primary state, is it the same as being ahead in a caucus state? No. Can Donald Trump's celebrity translate into caucus goers? In 99 counties, the, uh, the circumstance I just described, a little overblown and melodramatic, but that circumstance, that tableau is going to unfold in 99 school gymnasiums or firehouses in 99 counties all across the state of Iowa in 18 days. And does Trump celebrity translate into motivating people to go do that? Or is it different when they only have to go up, leave the car running, and punch a ballot?
1: I think it's going to be interesting. Um, Trump is uh, doing very well in New Hampshire. Um, John Kasich has really poured on recently. What people don't realize about John Kasich's camp, when you see his numbers out of New Hampshire and you go, wow, this guy's like in third, fourth place or whatever. It's 11%, 12%. Is John Kasich has poured all of his efforts into New Hampshire. Their game plan has been virtually ignore Iowa, and which is probably smart right. of him because he's not going to do well in right. Iowa. And for all of his time, he's been running ads all over the place in New Hampshire for months and months, just banging the drum. And it's paid off for him. The problem is... As aforementioned,
2: there
3: are
1: probably two tickets. When
2: the music stops playing, there are probably two chairs Mm -hmm. to plop your fanny in in New Hampshire. There are two tickets out of New Hampshire. There's the conservative slash outsider ticket. And then there's the establishmentarian ticket. And Christy, Kasich, Bush, and maybe Rubio, mm-hmm. and maybe Carly are all fighting for that one establishmentarian ticket. And meanwhile, it looks like Trump and Cruz fighting for the one outsider ticket.
1: The interesting thing, though, is it's not going to do Kasich any good. A, I mean, okay, he gets a kiss in New Hampshire. But he's poured all that effort to come in third, whatever, in New Hampshire. He's got Super Tuesday two weeks later. Is he going to be able to transfer that into some huge win in all of those states? It's not going to happen. I don't think there's any chance. In in South South Carolina, they will hang him in effigy. Right. It's not not even going to be close. So just throw Kasich out of the mix. It doesn't even matter. You still have those same couple of people in Iowa, the same couple of people that are leading in the national polls now that are going into New Hampshire. And I say, after New Hampshire, you're going to have two or three people left, and it's all Super Tuesday. Jay, I think after Super Tuesday, you have your, your candidate. Right. But here's the thing. Doc, if you're running, Skip, if you're running,
2: don't you want to be the one? As I say, there are going to be two tickets after New Hampshire. Yeah. There's going to be the the Trump cruise ticket. There's gonna be the Cruz Christie Kasich at all ticket. And you're right, you're right, it may be hopeless, but still, don't you want one of the two hopeless golden tickets? Yeah, so that's all true. of those yeah. establishmentarian guys are trying to be the one guy hoping
1: that Republican establishment money will rally behind. What if what if the campaigns had to tell the truth in their commercials? We'll explore that. Unthinkable.
0: This is a special post-debate presentation. Reaction and analysis of the GOP debate on the Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? Call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now.
1: Reaction and analysis of the GOP debate. From the Blaze Radio Network. All right, it's Doc Thompson along with Skip LaCombe and Jay Severin anchoring our coverage of the GOP debates tonight. It's commentary and mockery. We'll get some of your calls, 888 hundred thirty-three ninety-three. That's 888 933 3393 Real quick, Jay Severin, which of these candidates, the ones on the early card as well as the ones on the prime time debate tonight, would you want to hang out with? Now, here we're having this discussion off the air. Throw out for a moment talking politics or knowing you know what their views of certain issues are you're just hanging out with them talking about movies or sports or or women or liquor or whatever it is you're just hanging out having a 20 minute half hour conversation with them guy next to you at the bar which ones would you want to hang out with
2: Uh, let me just point out as an Mm -hmm. important procedural matter yes when doc says mockery and skip agrees Uh, and I sign on with them along with Ty Uh involuntarily, we all mean to say, by mockery, we mean uh, hilarious real facts because in libel law, (laughs) truth is an absolute defense. Uh So we don't mean to suggest anything that's libelous. (laughs) At least I, Jay Severin, don't. Just wanted to get that out there. I appreciate Uh, uh, that Secondly, secondly, uh, In answer to your question, and this is just going to create more problems for me, Mm -hmm. but I hope that, that other honest people, other honest people whom I love and share my work with every day will answer honestly and say, if I were out and it were late in Manhattan and he had Coke in his pocket, and this is all true, by the way, uh or at least true enough for this broadcast.
1: Donald Trump I uh, but I think his arrogance would annoy me after a couple seconds I'd be like dude, shut up. I think yeah. I, and and Jeb, well, I was you got to look when well, you got to look
2: at the crumbs <laughs> off his table you were going to get oh,
1: you yeah. wouldn't be feeling that way long. And, and although I like Cruz as a candidate And I think he would be a nice guy if you met him I don't want to hang out with him yeah, I don't him. think I don't he'd think be that so. much
3: fun particularly
1: Well who's the uh, Ty, Ty, help us out Who's, who's what, the one you that to you a nunnery? <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: who's the guy that you want to hang out with Who's the, who's the one in uh, their gal
4: Well, Other than me I, I don't, I don't want to hang with Jeb And, I, and unfortunately I don't want to hang out with Ted Cruz No,
1: I think I, Rubio would be nice But not fun
4: I, I kind of think Christie, having met him a few times back at a, a New Jersey radio station while he was governor, yeah. he would probably be the coolest on the main stage to hang out and have a beer with.
2: Okay, I get well, that. He's going to bring you to—he's going to he's gonna bring you to White Castle when the station
4: closes. <laughs> um, just so you know, when I met him, uh-huh. uh, this was maybe his—this was his first year in office as governor mm-hmm. of New Jersey. He brought donuts with him.
1: Did he have any no. in his pockets? He had some in his pockets. No, now no, those man. were just his supply though, right?
4: No, no, he didn't share not, donuts no, with no. you guys. I'm not I am not just is- cheeks. This is not a fake story. He brought two dozen. He ate six. Okay.
1: Now wait, oh, Now wait. when you say that, did, did he offer you guys donuts or did you assume that some of them were for you <laughs> no, and he no. just reluctantly went, oh, oh yeah, yeah sure. I, some are for you. I so think I, this may be the
2: time to tell them about that lost finger you have on your left hand. I think he is walking
1: around
4: donuts. <laughs> no, no, I'm not joking. He was there for two hours. He had six, but he did offer, uh, he had two dozen, he ate six. No joke. That's
1: a donut every 20 minutes. Yeah. He, That's uh, <laughs> Wow,
2: that's uh, uh, well, okay. I'll
1: give you that.
4: Oh, oh
2: come on.
1: Well, hang out. I, I immediately
4: assumed you meant like it's Saturday night, two a.m. Oh, that's fine too. Right. Yeah. I, I listen. That guy's. I don't know what he's done recently, but he right. didn't get that Ooh. size through like through discipline. He got that size. <laughs> through yeah, I think that's <laughs> evident. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, and by
1: the way, just, Kasich, just, I, just, I'm not going to hang out with Casey. Just imagine either. Trump's crumbs. Yeah, that could be enjoyable, but you have to deal with Trump and I don't think he'd be I think he'd be arrogant, it would annoy me.
4: And Trump would get mad because at some point I'm gonna ask him questions about his daughter. I'm just gonna-, <laughs>
1: gonna be macking on that, right? Here's yeah. the thing,
3: though, about Trump is you might get to like fly around Manhattan in like a helicopter. Oh, that's like, true. That would be check fun. Check out right. like the penthouse yeah. or something up at Trump Towers. Now, well, well you'd have I to deal you'd with. would be Trump. flying in any case.
1: Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying there. Yeah, so uh, John Kasich, no way, I want to hang out with him. I think I, I just want to punch him. I think, uh, although he's a bit, yeah, of a no, draker. he'd be
2: saying, you know, I think I know of a chapel that's still open. Why don't you, you- join me? <laughs> Oh, Kasich? Let's get on our knees. And Trump Listen, would I, say, I know of an after-hours joint that's still open. Let's get someone <laughs> on their knees. Follow me.
1: Jay, I've had occasion to uh, to meet John Kasich a couple of times at, at a radio station as well in Ohio. And uh, I've told this story before. Smelled like liquor. And I don't mean like, really? hey, he just had a drink. I mean that, hey, it's in my system because I'm constantly drunk. Anyone who's ever known a drunk you know what I'm talking about? And been around like you have a father or brother or mother, somebody who's a yeah, drunk and you're like they have that soured smell, that's that John Casey. That guy swings, I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, so so uh, that could be good or bad. That could be good for you, that could be bad for you, you know? Daddy's little helper, governor's at, little helper. As we look at tonight, may I reiterate that
2: they are going to be looking, the people on the stage are going to be drilled, drilled, drilled into them by their people and they're smart enough to know on their own that when they leave the stage, the way the media works and the way politics work in tandem, there are going to be two tickets and they're going, there's going to be the name and others and then there's going to be the name and others. And it may not happen that drastically tonight, but tonight is the process, the very hard process, and and maybe much further along than I think. But there are only two tickets out of the next three weeks. One is the favorite of outsiders slash conservatives, and the other one is the favorite of the establishment, of the power structure of the Republican Party. They, there isn't going to be a third ticket anymore. Now, I don't know if it happens with that suddenness tonight, i.e. the destruction of Rubio, or whether it happens in a week. But soon there are going to be two tickets to ride. And everybody wants and to a degree believes they can be the owner of one of them.
1: But they ain't only but two. So I started thinking... Imagine, we, we've accepted the fact that these people all just lie to us and it's spin and it's cover, whatever. But imagine if they had to tell the truth or if PAX ran commercials that had to be <laughs> fairly honest about this stuff, Jay. And, and I have some commercials for the candidates, both Republicans and Democrats, of what they would likely sound like.
0: Are you tired of sleepless nights under Obama as president? Then vote for Ben Carson. Ben will let you rest comfortably with his low tones and <laughs> monotone speech. He's always directed. Also available in liquid and new gel tabs.
1: Right, I mean, you, you oh, got to still, yeah, you still got to, you know, help your candidate out. You got to put a little spin, but there's got to be an honesty factor to it. That, and I think that you know. the, the
2: they have missed the boat uh, has the Carson campaign in not playing up the fact that you've got another first here. You've got an opportunity. You know, we had the opportunity for the first female president right. hillary in 08 then mm-hmm. we had the opportunity for the first african american candidate and here is the opportunity for the fir- and it's a multiple you know not only is he african american but he is the first narcoleptic candidate for <laughs> president of the united states and i you know it could do so much for the raising money for the disorder and raising awareness <laughs> about it president mr making president, america wake up.
0: great again is donald trump sure the Donald has a terrible record for conservatives, but he's willing to slam D.C., Mexicans, Muslims, foreigners, and that ugly chick. And that other ugly chick. But come on, you would too. Vote for the Donald or you're stupid and ugly.
1: <laughs> right? I mean, that's how you got to do it. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, yeah. these I are these are ads it. for if candidates had to tell the truth, but of course they try to play up, you know, the make the best of maybe some of the worst things. Here's some of the ads. In
0: 2016, America faces big problems, which is why we need a big, big candidate <laughs> like Chris Christie. Pound for pound, the biggest progressive still seeking the GOP nomination.
1: Although Mike Huckabee is really giving him who a mean, run for that. He's challenging
3: that, that. I, mean, I really want a weigh-in, dude. I want an official weigh-in. Get Dana White out there. I want to see a weigh-in. Uh, is that why? Like- who do you think? Who do you think challenges? I, I still think that uh, that Christie's probably the larger one, but I think Huckabee's really trying to get there.
1: Is that why Huckabee was okay. in the junior debate? He couldn't weigh in? For the, exactly. <laughs>
3: They're not quite in the same weight class yet. Did he
1: have his walking around donuts? Huckabee for president. <laughs> Huckabee. He knows he'll never get elected, but
0: if he hangs in there, he might get a gig playing bass for the Striper reunion tour. How cool would
1: that be? Christian Rock, baby. Christian Rock, Striper reunion tour. 16, Striper yeah. and 16 they- with Huckabee on bass. They thought he said he was a
2: bass player. He meant to say he was a bass player.
0: <laughs> In the big picture of 2016, think small. Three simple letters. J-E-B. Jeb, the intellectually challenged member of the Bush family. No, no, not that one. Oh, okay. No, not that one no. either. Oh, it's got to be warmer.
3: It's got to be Out yeah. yes. yeah, there, is. Jeb. <laughs> His em, campaign
0: is focused em. only on his first name because he wants you to forget his, his last man. name. Sometimes he forgets it too.
1: <laughs> the intellectually em. challenged? You mean no, 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 not that one. Yes, that one. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's really hard these days to figure them out.
1: All right, we have some How for the about- Democrats as well. Okay, sorry, right. yeah, it's okay. Let's do some of the Democrats.
0: Hillary Clinton. It's her time to shine. She's entitled, and she's a champion of women. Women who haven't been assaulted by her husband. Or raped, (laughs) beheaded, or stoned to death by the Muslims who bankroll her charity. (laughs) Hillary for president. She's not getting any younger.
1: (laughs) Hillary's president. You owe her, damn it. Jay, she's not getting any younger, and we owe her. That's it. And we did in
2: 08, and she watched watched it melt away. And right now there is a uh, probably unjustified, but still neurotic sense of alarm ringing through the nervous systems of Hillary and her supporters that, not again!
1: It'll be hilarious. It'll be hilarious if it happens. (laughs) It'll be so funny. As broad's going to be 160 going, when's my shot? When's my shot? I could have been a contender. It'll be like Futurama. They'll just have her head in one of those uh, <laughs> glass containers. She'll be like, "I'll get my shot one of these days." Hi
0: there, I'm Mr. Bernie. When I'm president, I'll fund everything with magic beans while riding a unicorn. Can you say, "Moron"? Moron. Sure. Sure. I knew you could. I knew you could.
1: Vote for Bernie. Magic beans, Jay. It's magic
2: beans. That's what he's got. I really that's think what that's, to the table. that's geographically insensitive. I mean, we're talking about Bernie Sanders. We're talking about Bernie Sanders from my original, somewhat neck of the woods. Bernie Sanders, toidy toid. Tort- I meet you, as bums at toidy toid and
3: toid at eight tonight. Yous bums, Yes. C- it's me, Bernie Sanders. Personally, I think that's just really disrespectful to Fred Rogers, but that, that's, that's just me, though.
0: <laughs> when he was commander-in-chief, hey, baby, you go Bill Clinton I, <laughs> never picked Hillary. Tell me like, come on, where? I, I, where? If he never picked Hillary, why would you? Oh,
4: burn! Oh,
1: you feel the burn. <laughs> Is that it? That's all we have? Yeah, it's, that's all of them. What about Martin O'Malley? I'm sorry, who? Martin O'Malley. I don't know who that is. Who? Martin O'Malley. Hey, he's going. to I say he's going to double earlier? his never support heard of him. by next week. Martin O'Malley. Yeah. Oh.
2: How about uh, not not to take us off the high of the high humor, but how about I don't know. I, I'm just stunned by this. How about the fact that Heb Heb Boosh, <laughs> Bush, Bush uh, said last night, and and he said it you know willingly he 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 practiced to say it and got ready and said okay this okay i'm ready i'm ready now and the cameras were rolling and he said you know i never had any idea that voters were angry and disenchanted like this and that's a quote and he thinks what that that made people say okay You know, I I had no idea you had such you were gifted with such insight. Or what what is it he thought he would gain by saying (laughs) I am so much of an imbecile that I don't know what any of the news said the last ten years. I don't know about the Tea Party. I don't know how it is that the other party (laughs) took over the House and the Senate and 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 why Obama lost eight hundred you know, combined uh, offices for Democrats across the country in the last few years. I mean, this is not even a guy who uh, uh, evidently reads the political pages at all. I mean, only the sports pages.
1: Uh, Because it worked for his brother. To answer your question, uh, being dumb worked for his brother. So he figured, why not? You know, and it's not working, uh, going against my brother's record. I might as well be like my brother. Maybe that's what his plan is.
2: I mean, what did you want me to do? I went to Mexico. I fell in love with a Mexican woman. You know, we, we I claimed to speak Spanish at home. Well, what more do you want from me?
1: That's right. That's right, right. Yeah, I, I, mean, I thought that was a, a bizarre statement he made, Jay, as well, saying that uh, I just, I didn't. I didn't understand the anger of the, and I, I was like, where have you been? I mean, that's the whole thing. You could, hell, even the folks on MSNBC get that there's a problem there. They may not agree with it, or agree with the people who are angry, but they they understand that, that whole tea party thing. I Do you remember that, Jeb? Also,
2: I, I recall <laughs> leaving graduate school and going to work for uh, David Garth, God rest his soul, who was the greatest political consultant arguably ever, and probably the first, at least, of the modern age. And he taught us a lot of things that I remember thinking, well, hell, I knew that. And of course, in my youth and stupidity, I knew nothing. But he was telling us things that we ought to have known that were fairly straightforward and and didn't realize. And one of them was body language. And when you look at at Heb Bush maybe he's improved a little but you look at Heb Bush the way he hunches and uses his arms like like waves his arms the whole thing his whole arm waves he waves it from the shoulder socket to the the joint of the middle finger it's like a reverse breaststroke or something he like he contorts himself into this body wave and he's whining when he does it and if anyone looked at that, who knew anything about politics would say, this is not presidential. This is not the body language of the commander in chief. This guy looks like Willie Lohman in Death of a Salesman <laughs> in the final scenes
1: of Death of a Salesman. He's Beaten like whining and, and begging. You know, it's sad. No, you're absolutely right. The guy does not have it. I, there, There's nothing about him that says, go ahead and elect this guy. And I think I mentioned this a couple nights ago when we were on after the uh, State of the Union, is that people are looking... Remember, there's a good portion of the population that is under 35, 40. They're looking for something new. And Bush is not new, and Clinton is not new. And some of that may be uh, new being youthful. Some of it may be a different direction, a different look. Jay, I think as much as people said it was the economy, stupid... When Bill Clinton defeated uh, George H. W. Bush, I think people also at that time, new generation, had had twelve years of Republicans. It was an entire generation and then some who had had all of that. They were older. Let's let's just let's go somewhere else now. Let's let's do something else. And I think we're we're
2: kind of agree. And to the degree it is political, and for a lot of voters, it is political not most Americans, but most committed voters, it's still political. Mm-hmm. Ty, you remember we were discussing this earlier today? We were trying to figure out what were my, our notes for the first debates this year, and, and you astutely labeled them as being from August 6th, and our first note on August 6th of this summer, last, well, you know last summer, just now, August 6th was at the debate. It was the first debate, evening of the first debate. Question. Will, quote, conservative, end quote, finally emerge as a factor of influence or does it no longer matter? We could ask that tonight.
1: It's a good point. All right, it's right. Doc Thompson I mean, it- and Skip LaCombe along with Jay Severin, uh, Ty Spinning the Dials Radio Style in New York City. We have the uh, the primetime debate coming up and then, of course, we'll return after that. But during the debate, if you would, please tweet with us and at us. It's at J underscore Severin, uh, at Skip LaCombe, at Doc Thompson Show, and at Ty Johnson News. And uh, then we'll take some of your tweets after the, uh, the primetime debate as well. Hey, Doc, what's our hashtag? Um, I don't think we have a separate one. Most people are just using the GOP debate. Uh, we don't have okay. a separate one, do we? Uh, Yeah, to
3: my knowledge, we're all just using the uh, hashtag uh, GOP debate.
1: Yeah, GOP debate. But GOP,
3: specific- GOP debate? Yeah, that's all the right. one
1: that is, and that's the national one, whatever. But if you want to reach us specifically for this to make sure we see them, you may want to go ahead and include one of us and, and tweet at us, so it's, you know, whatever your comments are, GOP debate, and then... At Skip LaCombe, at Doc Thompson Show.
3: Oftentimes on our morning show, too, here on the Blaze Radio Network, we use what I learned today, too. So if you put that in there, too, I'll be able to see that as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we'll be able to find that as well, too. So that'll be a fairly easy one. Well, remember, this is the final GOP presidential debate looking for a candidate, somebody to get the nomination for the grand old party. This is it. We got the Iowa caucus coming up a week from Monday. We got the New Hampshire primary coming up. Uh, th- excuse me, two weeks from Monday. Week later, the New Hampshire primary coming up three weeks from Tuesday, and then Super Tuesday is just a couple of weeks after that. This is make or, or break now in the next couple of weeks. Remember, you're going to be stuck with this candidate. The, you, this is going to be the one. You know, you're not going to be looking at any of the Democrats. So this is it for a lot of people. This is the one. What's going to happen tonight? Doctor Carson could just minimize his naps. I think he's well rested. More coming up after the debate on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: You're listening to reactions
0: and analysis of the GOP debate. The Blaze Radio Network.